Welcome everybody to Podcast Today for July 6th, 2016. On July 18th, in about 12 days time, New Japan Pro Wrestling will start their 26th annual G1 Climax Tournament, a tournament where pretty much they have awesome matches for a month. That's what they do. So I'm going to preview it, but I'm not going to preview it alone, am I, Tanner? You're not, because I'm back by popular demand. You always insist it's by popular demand. You get. Like... I always say it. That's. I mean, I have to say it at this point. If I don't, if I came on the first time and didn't say it, I wouldn't have to say it now. But since I said it the first time, every other ensuing time I'm on podcast a day, it has to be by popular demand. Do you get like tweets saying, Tanner, when are you going to be on podcast today again? Except for me. Oh, what... hundreds, hundreds a week. More At people least. than listen to the show badging you about coming. <laughs> it's on crazy. The show. They're, they're like, listen, I don't have time to listen to the podcast, but we need you to be on it. And I'm like, well, they just want the comfort wish. of knowing that you're there for them. <laughs> yeah, the, I'm, I have a soothing voice. So the G1 is in 12 days. Shit. I know. If this year's like, going by fast, Garrett. Let's talk about that. I know. It's like, it feels like it was May about two days ago. Like I remember how i felt after staying up for wrestle kingdom and that was six months ago now half a year ago was wrestle kingdom like the first time you came on this show was about two and a half months ago damn what did we talk about that oh final fantasy that's what we talked about yeah that's how long ago that was man and that was like right yeah i've been out of class for like two months now and i'm still out for like another month and a half before long you're gonna be learning things again yeah, but I'm, I'm only in class three days a week, so, you know, it won't be too much learning on my part. Let's calm down. Kind of learning things again. Yeah, kind of learning things again and then forgetting them all during the weekend and then coming back and learning them again. I think this year's G1 is kind of more interesting because last year's G1, it was a great set of shows, but it kind of felt all the samey. That's the reason people kind of, they reacted negatively when the blocks were announced because they were more or less the same as the blocks the year before. Yeah. But this year, there's a lot of new faces. Yeah, there's a ton of like debuts and like second timers in this year's G1. I'm I'm actually interested, even if I'm not necessarily interested in the wrestler, I'm interested in the matchups that the new faces can create. Yeah, because people who weren't in it, say, the last couple of years, Katsuhiko Nakajima, Yoshihashi, Tamatonga, Marafuji. Sonata's never been in it. Sonata's never been in it. It's Michael Elgin's second year. Yeah, Evil's never been in it. I mean, there's a, a ton of new faces in uh this year's G1. And Kenny Omega, of course. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, I totally... I, I keep thinking Omega's been a heavyweight longer than six months, but that's not the case. It feels like that. So I, I figure we go block by block. Oh yeah, for sure. There is two blocks. Block A is Bad Luck Fale, Hiroki Goto, Tomohiro Ishii, Togi Makabe, Naimichi Marufuji, words, Naimichi Marufuji, <laughs> Kazuchika Okada, uh, Sanada, Tanahashi, Hiroshi, Tenzan, and Tamatanga. I'm very excited for Sanada in the G1 just because uh, earlier this year he was in Big Japan's version of the G1 called the uh, the Strong Climb. I don't remember. The, the first word's a very hard Japanese word. I, I'm not even going to try to pronounce. But it's the Strong Climb. And Sonata was fantastic, and he had a great match with Sekimoto. I mean, he was just consistent throughout. So I'm very excited to see what he can do with guys like Okada and Tanahashi. I'm very interested at the at the prospect of Sonata Marufuji because I'm interested to see how that works out. But Sonata, to me, is the name that stands out in Block A. I think Sonata is the kind of guy that will never have a match. It's like, oh, I can't wait for that Sonata match. But every single time Sonata wrestles pretty much anybody in this group, maybe except for Fale. Because like even Sonata against Makabe and Sonata against Tenzan are interesting enough matches. 
yeah, they're they're interesting enough. Where you're like, okay, that could work. And I'm very excited for Tenzan's G1 just because you know the whole story with Kojima giving up his spot to give it to Tenzan for his last G1. It was so sweet, wasn't it? I mean, this is lovely stuff from the New Japan dads. It's just like, oh, oh. <laughs> how could you not want Tenzan to win and headline Tokyo Dome? That's the thing. Like, how does this story go? Does he just have like the same old G1 and lose? I mean, he's obviously not going to win block A. Like, that's out of the question. I wonder if he'll upset Okada or Tanahashi is the I, I, main thing I'm wondering. I was just about to suggest that maybe he beats Okada and then gets a title shot sometime in the autumn. Uh, that I mean, that would be bizarre, but I mean, I guess Tenzan probably still draws a little bit or else he, you know, wouldn't be used as much, but... And, you know, he can bring it in these big matches. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's had great matches in the last two years. Like, or he had the Shibata match earlier this year. He had the match with Styles uh, the last... I think he had two G1 matches with Styles that were both really good. Remember so, I mean, he can still bring it when asked upon. It's just sweet. It's just like, oh... Yeah, I, I'm more interested in Tenzan being in the G1 with this story as opposed to Kojima being in the G1. Because Kojima now, granted, I love Kojima, was like the first Japanese wrestler I ever watched. His matches in the G1 tend to feel kind of samey. Yeah, like Kojima would more than likely have, on average, better matches than Tenzan. Yeah. But I think with kind of the story hook, at least Tenzan is more interesting going into this tournament now than Kojima would have been had none of this happened. Yeah, I know. I totally agree with you. And then again, you know, Tenzan getting to face pretty much the two aces or the ace and Okada of New Japan. Uh, it should be interesting, you know, should at least be very dramatic. Speaking of those two aces, Okada and Tanahashi were put in the same block. Put in the same block and wrestling on the final night of A block action. I hope that Tanahashi can hold up. Tanahashi has been out for a couple months now. We didn't even, the reason the G1 announcement was delayed was because they didn't know if Tanahashi would be able to go. So I'm kind of, you know, baffled at the fact they saved Okada Tanahashi for the last night as opposed to the first night, but I hope it holds up. You would then assume that the the, the way they're booking this, that match will decide the winner of the block. Oh yeah, I, I can't even see another scenario where Okada Tanahashi doesn't decide the winner of the A block. Because like no one else, Ishii, Goto, no, nah, no one else is. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> nobody else hope. in that. Now, I mean, they they'll probably upset to set up some title matches. Like I could see Ishii beating Tanahashi easily, or I could see Goto beating Okada, but I don't see I a think... scenario where Tanahashi Okada is not for the winner of A block. Nearly certainly, Fale will beat one of either Okada and Tanahashi. Yeah, just like he does every year. He does, God, the... which probably means we'll get a Fale Okada title match. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he beat Tanahashi last year. Could you imagine if Okada's title programs coming out of the G1 was against Tenzan and Fale? That would be quite quite the back end of the year for New Japan. <laughs> oh, man. And and possibly Marafuji. I mean, Marafuji's like... I don't want to say Noah's Tanahashi because Tanahashi is clearly better than Marafuji. But Marafuji is kind of put in that Tanahashi role where he's constantly made of inning. And doing stuff even though he maybe shouldn't all the time. So I'm interested to see if Marafuji goes over like Okada or Tanahashi or something like that. Tamatonga has a lot to prove in this tournament as well, actually. Uh, Tama Tonga has. I, I'm interested to see how he does because you know usually in singles matches he's kind of seen as like a jobber. Yeah. Like I remember him and Okada had a singles match either last year or the year before last, but it was like an eight minute match, and like it was pretty much a 
Tonga jobbed out to Okada. So I'm interested to see how he's... I mean, granted, he's coming off of IWGP uh, Tag Team Championship reign, uh, albeit short. But I'm, I'm interested to see how he does, especially in there with the likes of Ishii and Okada and Tanahashi. Because just from a, a pure work rate standpoint, this block is loaded. Oh, yeah. This, this block... Like, looking at B block, I don't know if it would produce better matches, like average, but there's probably a higher higher ceiling to New Japan Faithful in this block as opposed to B block. Because when you look at, say, any combination of Goto, Ishii, Marufuji, Okada, Sanada, and Tanahashi, any combination of them could produce a four-star plus match in their sleep. Uh, Goto, uh, Marufuji, I maybe would disagree with, but well, the yeah, rest, that, that, yeah, that would be a weird clash of styles, but more yeah, or less. Yeah, Th- that's the thing about Marufuji is that like his, I mean, he's a high flyer, even if he is a heavyweight. I mean, he's very high flyer focused. So I'm interested to see how he clashes with like Ishii, for example. Like, I have no idea how that's going to work. That's going to be a weird combo. He throws a hell of a chop, though. I watched uh, a match with him earlier this year and he like busted open uh, Segura's chest in Noah and like Segura started bleeding. It looked like uh, Segura was sh- like shot in the chest. It was crazy. It's like that EC3 Lashley Galloway match last week on Impact. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mer- Merifuji is the Galloway of Japan. Yeah. So so it's it's between Okada and Tanahashi. Who do you think is actually going to win the block? I would I would put my money. See, it's so hard to if Tanahashi was 100 percent healthy going into this, I would say Tanahashi. But with the prospect that Tanahashi could just fall apart at any given moment in the G1 and that's the last night, I'm going to go with Okada. Against my better judgment, I'm going to say Okada, but if Tanahashi can remain healthy, I go with Tanahashi. I think a final with Tanahashi makes more sense than a final with Okada. That is true, unless it's Naito coming out of the other block, which, going on to block B, you assume it's Tetsuya Naito winning this block. See, I'm I'm in the camp that I could see Kenny Omega winning the block. Do you think so? Uh, I mean... It's very New Japan-esque to do a Tanahashi Omega G1 final and have Omega go over Tanahashi. That would actually make a a great deal of sense, especially considering that was the match they planned to do a month ago, but couldn't. Yeah, the the latter match. You see, B block has kind of, it's less star-studded than A block is. It's less star-studded, yes, but there's, I like more wrestlers in B block than I like in A block. And like, yeah, pretty much aside from Toriyanu, or Yano, even if I can say words, Toriano, pretty much everyone there can go. Yeah, I mean, B block, you got Elgin, Evil, Hanma, Naito, Nakajima, Nagata, Omega, Shibata, Yano, and Yoshihashi. So, I mean, everybody in this block can produce a great match with one another. And Yano is super fun. I'm a big fan of the Yano rolling people up in two minutes gimmick. Who's, who's he going to beat? I'm, I'm going to plump. He's going to beat Naito. I think. Yano would definitely get a win over a Naito or an Omega. He's going to beat one of them, guaranteed. Oh, God. I would love Yano rolling up Naito in about two minutes. Because he always, and every year, he beats someone in two minutes out of the blue. And he's going to beat Naito. And it's usually like a big upset. And it's going to be Yeah, I mean, he beat Tanahashi last year in the New Japan Cup in like two minutes. I like the way Tanahashi's always just like knocked out of the New Japan Cup in the first round because eh, it's not the G1. Who cares? Yeah, it's not the G1. Who cares? But uh, I'm very excited for this block. I mean, I'm, I would love. I know it's never going to happen, but would love Shibata to come out of B block the winner. But I, especially with him holding the never title, I just don't see them doing that. You see, if he was in the other block, 
I would have said a Shibata Naito final would make a lot of sense, or even Shibata Omega, as kind of a way to push Shibata by having him make the final but losing. Yeah. But in that block with Naito and with Omega, I'd put him as third favorite. Yeah, and, and see, that's crazy because I he definitely gets a win over Omega or Naito. I don't know who it is. My money leans towards Naito. Yeah. It, it's interesting. And then, you know, Elgin's in there. He's holding New Japan's second biggest belt right now. He's he's uh, holding the IC title. So, like, I mean, Elgin has to be a semi-favorite going in. Well, Omega will probably beat him to set up their rematch. Oh, yeah. Omega will definitely get his win back against Elgin here. And, no, nah, I don't see him winning the block, though. Yeah, it's... I, and then Nakajima. Nakajima is fantastic. I'm... My most hyped match of the whole tournament is Shibata versus Nakajima on uh, the 24th. Like, that's the the most hyped match to me in this entire tournament. And the, I think they did a good job of putting Marafuji and Nakajima in the right blocks. Yeah, because I don't, I don't think Marafuji would have worked in this block. And Nakajima, I think, would work better in A block, but Marafuji just would not fit in B block. But like, Nakajima against Elgin or Evil or Shibata, that, or even Hanma, all those matches work. Yeah, and all those matches are going to be really good, especially Nagata. I mean, Nagata usually brings it in for a couple of really good to great G1 performances. I'm really excited for that. And we have the Nagata-Shibata rubber match. They're 1-1 this year. Yeah, so, I mean, who who's going to go over? No one really knows. And, see, and that's the thing about the G1. Like, the G1 will never not have me hyped. Like, even in some years, if the blocks are not, you know, as good as I think they should be. But, I mean, this year's G1... Given New Japan's resources, it's about as good as you're going to get. I would have liked the Briscoes to have made their way in there, considering they're tag champs. Poor Jay Lethal didn't make it in. He's on the tour for some tag matches, but he didn't make it into the G1. I know. Supposedly they're doing like another... I, I read, I don't know, you know, on Twitter. Take it with a grain of salt. But I supposedly read that they're doing another Honor Rising show, like shortly thereafter the G1 as well. So and Poor Roddy Strong didn't make it in either. Yeah, well, I, f I figured once the, the G1 or once the ROH deal was done, uh, he probably wasn't getting into the G1. What do you think was the cause and effect then there, though? Did he not make the G1 because his contract expired or did he leave because he didn't make the G1? Ooh, that, that's a tough call. Because I feel like if there was a year to put Strong in the G1, it would have been last year. Yeah. I mean, Roderick Strong was one of the best in the world last year. And then this year he's been had a quiet year, to say the least. He seemed like he had something to prove last year, and then when he proved it, he's like, yep, job done. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. I mean, I mean, he's had some matches announced for post-ROH, or a match announced uh, post-ROH versus Matt Riddle that I'm like, okay, that match is probably going to be fantastic. But Roderick Strong has kind of seemed to have dialed it back this year. Not yeah. necessarily a lazy performer, but just nowhere near the caliber that he was last year. Yoshihashi is in a similar place to Tamatonga. Oh, I think because I've I've loved Yoshihashi for years. He's uh, great. That that match in the New Japan Cup against Naito was awesome. Oh yeah, he's had stellar performances like for the past three years, and and now I'm very baffled that him and Sonata are not in the same block because that's like the big going thing right now, and they're in opposite blocks, which leads me to believe they may hold that off for the G1 final, have them go off in a non-tournament match, obviously. Yeah, they're clearly keeping them be, separate. Yeah, because they are keeping them separate, but. Yoshihashi has a ton to prove, and he's in there with the more work rate, or I say work rate guys, but he's in there with like Shibata and Hanma and, you know, Naito. 
So, I mean, he has a lot to prove in the G1. I think he'll come out similar to, like, Ishii came out of his first G1 and Hanma came out of his G1. I think Yoshihashi is going to have, like, that kind of level run. Actually, how do you think Hanma does this year? I mean... Do you think he loses all his matches? I mean, he won one last year against Ishii. And that was the, the big, he finally won a match moment. Yeah, and I, and I mean, maybe he beats Nakajima or Yano. I mean, I... I couldn't tell you. I would love for him to get like a, a win over Naito, but I don't think that will happen. Yeah, so. because like I know people would say, you know, the lovable loser thing is kind of his charm. And if he's not the lovable loser anymore, people might not like him. But like I don't think that's the case. That wasn't the case with Ishii when he started winning. People embraced Ishii still when he started winning. You can easily transition from a lovable loser to like an underdog type thing like Ishii did. And now, you know, Ishii's one of, I mean, he got a title shot this year. Ishii is so, in a very comfortable upper mid-card role these days. Yeah, so I mean, Hanma could totally do something akin to that. Now, who does he beat? I don't know. Evil? Uh, just, he could beat Evil. I mean, his first tournament match is against Shibata on the 22nd. So, I mean... Which should be a hoot, but he's losing. <laughs> I mean, they did just wrestle, and Shibata did just go over. So, imagine Shibata starting the tournament off 0-1. That would be something. Well, every year people start to think it's Shibata's year, and then every year he comes out with like four or six points. <laughs> yeah, every, yeah, every year he comes out, you know, takes three losses. It's like last year, what, Shibata, I'm trying to look. Shibata had eight points last year, which means he won four matches. Which is okay, I suppose. Yeah, and That's the, a losing the year record, before but... he had 12 points. So he actually did worse than last year's G1. Last year's G1 was weird. Last year's G1 was weird. Here's... He went over, I'll tell you who he lost to last year. He lost to Gallows. He lost to Tanahashi. Actually, as an aside, thank God Luke Gallows isn't in this tournament anymore. <laughs> oh, yeah. Luke Gallows had one good G1 match ever, and it was against Kota Ibushi last year. Yep. He's, uh, he's not an interesting singles wrestler. <laughs> no. Shibata lost to Tenzon last year. And, icing on the cake, Shibata lost to Yano last year. <laughs> oh, in four minutes. Uh, I'm sure it was a classic. I don't remember it. I don't remember that either. But yeah, Shibata did not do the best last year. But I'm, I'm very excited for the G1 this year. And uh, I'm definitely going to be waking up at those godforsaken times of 4.30 in the morning. But I'll just feel like I'm in Europe because you guys do it like every week. So. And we do that for Raw every single day. Every, every single Monday. <laughs> and that's not even worth it. I mean, at least with the G1, you're guaranteed probably a great match on every show. Yep. Who do you think is winning Block B? Ooh. That's a tough one, isn't it? Bl block B to me is a lot harder. I know the final night Block B, I believe Naito and Omega is facing off, which sounds like the match that should determine B Block winner. Yep. But then part of you is like, well, maybe they swerve you and it's Shibata Evil. I mean, this is Evil's first G1, and I mean, they, I don't know. It, it should be interesting, but I'm going to go... I'm gonna say Kenny Omega. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with my G1 final prediction of Tanahashi versus Omega. I'm I'm gonna go Okada Naito as a final. Okay. Okay. So we're both sticking to those two matches on the last two nights as our as our big matches. Well, that that would be the most obvious guide because if you look at the the A blocks last night, Gato Marufuji, probably not gonna decide a winner. Makabe no. and Ishii, probably Definitely not. not. Fale and Tamatonga is certainly not. Yeah, no, Fale Tonga is going to determine your A block winner. I'm sure it will. Fale will <laughs> win A block. 
My goodness. And Can you then, imagine like a G1 final of like Yano versus Fale? It would be it would be quite the sight. <laughs> It'd be a classic for sure, but I'd actually almost want to see that just to see how people would react. Yeah, I would just I would love to see that just like I want Yano to get like five wins in the G1. And actually win no a block. I'd, I'd actually kind of love to see Yano go to a final. Oh man, it'd be so good. Not actually win, but you know, getting to that final would be so much fun. Yeah, it'd be so good. So, so, so good. But yeah, there's 19 G1 shows. That's a lot of shows. Five matches per show. Uh, Well, five block matches per show. Yeah. That's not even counting. There, there's some hoots in the non-tourney matches, mostly involving David Finley Jr., but... Well, David Finley Jr. is kind of one of the best wrestlers in the world. <laughs> Uh, well, I wouldn't go wouldn't go that far, but he's very, very good. He's one of the best wrestlers in the world relative to his position on the card. Oh, well, absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. Like, Dave Finley in an undercard match, you know you're getting, like, a, a, a damn fine three and a quarter star match. Yeah, that's, I mean, his best of the Super Junior stuff, just the stuff I've seen, uh, he had a awesome match with Rocky Romero and a really good match with Kyle O'Reilly, and that's just the two matches I've seen. He's so good. I assume he's staying around. There was rumors he's leaving, but it's July now. I assume he's he's there for at least another year or so. Uh, I, yeah, because I think the rumors at first was that he was leaving in May, and then JY ended up leaving. So Yep, he's doing Ring of Honor and Rev Pro shows now. Yeah, he's wrestling uh, Marty at uh, Rev Pro next month, which should be uh, a really fun match. I'm interested to see how he's presented in like a promotion like Rev Pro. Because he's presented as a, a proper wrestler in Ring of Honor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, kind of i mean just like kama kama yutachi was which is funny to see how they're treating them as opposed to how they treated watanabe who was essentially a jobber they, they didn't even he wasn't even a jobber they just didn't book him yeah uh, yeah when they did book him he was totally a jobber though yeah and then he had an awesome match with uh jay lethal where he like german lethal on the floor it was great and then he went back to new japan and people were like oh yeah he's actually really good yeah yeah, he's had that great match with Ishii this year. I mean, Evil is a very good Haas wrestler, which, I mean, no surprise there, because, I mean, I liked him in the U.S. You know, him and David Finley actually had a short-lived tag team in the U.S. I don't know how many of their matches made tape, but they were a pretty fun tag team. So we start on the 18th. Any any of the shows really stand out as, like, must-see shows? Oh, let me see here. The July 24th show to me is the first standout show of the whole thing. Just because you get Elgin Naito should be good. Hanma Yoshihashi is the battle of the two underdogs. And then Shibata Nakajima to me is, like I said, my most hyped match for the whole tournament. So the July 24th show is definitely the big one that stands out. I'm trying, I'm trying to see if I can find an A-block show that stands out to me like that. Um, Cork and Hall as well, so that should... Add to the yeah, atmosphere. Cork and Hall, which is a guaranteed, you know, good show. Five thirty. Uh, I'm interested in the August third show with Tanahashi Ishii on top. That should be, you know, really good. And like Makabe and Okada usually have shockingly good matches. Yeah, and then Marufuji Sonata, which is one of those matches. You're like, well, how is that going to work? I, so. Yeah, I can. I see them working together. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think Sonata can probably work a high flyer styled match better than anyone in that block with Marafuji if it, you know, boils down to that. I'm, in I'm interested to see do Marafuji and Gato do any wacky counter sequences? Because, <laughs> like, Gato has lost Anderson in his regular wacky counter sequences partner. Yeah, so they they just dance around for three or four minutes. Yeah. Uh, oh, the August 6th show looks really interesting as well. Uh, Okada, Ishii, and Tanahashi Marafuji. That was Tenzin and Gato. That was another match that 
was surprisingly good a few years ago as well, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was them that had the surprisingly good match a couple of years ago. So yeah, I mean, there's plenty of shows on here. Like if you if you go through and look at the full cards, you're like, oh, that show looks good. And then you know you have your wacky tag matches on uh shows as well. So I mean, I, I wouldn't say any of these shows are. I would say there's at least one match on every show that I'm like, ooh, want to see that? Ooh, want to see that? So usually two. Yeah, there's usually two just block matches, and then uh, I know. I can't. I don't know what's the date of the show, but I know Finley is wrestling Nakajima on one of the undercard shows. That's that's like a must see match for me. So, who cares about this old G one thing? A young yeah. boy is wrestling a Noah wrestler in a New Japan ring, and I need to see it. Yeah, give me give me Nakajima Finley every day of the week. Isn't just... Finley in the G one would have been a hoot, but uh, or Kushida, but it was not to be. Yeah, I, this, which makes me wonder. I wonder if Tanahashi did get. And God, you know, God forbid he gets injured on the first night. But I wonder if he did get injured on the first night, if they would put Kushida in that slot. I assume Kojima would be first replacement. But uh, see, that would I would not like that a lot. Just because, you know, Kojima gave his spot to Tenzon. I think it'd be, well, I don't know. You would get a, you'd get Tenzon versus Kojima in A block. So that would be interesting. Yeah. I wonder if Tenzon goes and loses all his matches. Will Kojima turn on him? It's like, I gave up my spot for that. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that that sounds very New Japan esque. The it? New Japan dads enter the you know intergalactic battle. You have Nakanishi trying join to... Kojima, and you have Nagata help Tenzon. You have like Nagata trying to make peace until he's driven to the, the edge and finally snaps and attacks Kojima. It would it would be insane. After all, let's all, hope after their great show of solidarity against Shibata, they'll fall apart. Either they'll fall apart, and then Shibata just picks up the remains and beats all the New Japan dads again. Um. I think that's about it, isn't it? Yeah, that's about everything with the G1, unless you want to talk some final deletion. <laughs> well, that was the pinnacle of all wrestling. We should, like, as I said, I think on podcast today, we we should separate uh, wrestling into two timelines now. Everything up until today was pre-final deletion, and then everything mm-hmm. else is post-final deletion. It's post, yeah, we we currently live in a PFD world. Yeah, uh, with, for with post-final the, deletion, with the natural proviso that nothing after this is ever going to be as good. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm. If anything, the G1 even comes close to the final deletion. It's the best G1 of all time, obviously. I really, I really hope PWG books like Matt Hardy for Bola. God, that would make my life. Broken Matt Hardy and PWG is perfect. Even like Broken Matt Hardy and like Shakara would be so good. If he if he can put together a decent King of Trios team. Oh man, a Matt Hardy, Rebby, Rebby Sky, and uh, Maxel. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. No, if if uh you could do Rebby Sky, Matt Hardy, and Senior Benjamin. Oh, I I would so pay to see that. I would. I tell you what, you would you would be hard pressed to keep me away from Easton, Pennsylvania. It's over. Uh, I was actually surprised Matt Hardy went over. Yeah, I was a bit surprised Matt Hardy went over too. Like I thought that was definitely Jeff's to win, and then. He deleted Jeff. Jeff Hardy. Yeah, Brother Nero got deleted. So, like, what's next for the Hardy boys? He's like a Cyberman shouting, delete, delete. Ugh, it's so good. Just, I went outside last night after the match, and I, and I just go, because somebody was shooting off fireworks on July 5th, like they had any good sense. And I was just like, Brother Nero, <laughs> it's over. And it was, ugh, like, 
I, I've never been so pumped up after a match than I was after Final Deletion. <laughs> oh, it was so good. Like, Matt firing fireworks at Jeff while he was defending himself with a trash can lid. <laughs> yeah, the trash can lid, and then, of course, you had shielding with a boat. Yep. And uh, you, It's a dilapidated <laughs> boat! Oh, man. It was the pinnacle of all things good in the world oh, was... was that match and he, he won by setting the thing jeff was standing on on fire yeah. he he literally won by setting the hardy cross on fire and jeff falling like back first onto what i only assume was a grave because yeah senior benjamin was digging the grave yeah and then and then like where did the candle come it's just oh oh uh, it's actually it's actually amazingly good some, somebody, I can't remember who it was, but somebody said, uh, oh, well, now Jeff Hardy's obviously going to be reincarnated as Maxwell, which would just <laughs> put this all over the top and make it the best thing ever, like even out of wrestling. I think the Willow spot was my favorite bit of it, actually. Oh, my God. The Willow spot was so good. And and then when Matt pinned Willow, I'm like, oh, my, <laughs> is that it? And then he takes it off and it's Cedar Benjamin. I literally <laughs> screamed. Like, <laughs> it was so good. Uh... It's actually better than you could ever have hoped. Yeah, like, even after seeing the trailer last week, it was better than anything I expected. Man, his love of xylophones. <laughs> this magnificent xylophone. <laughs> and then Matt Hardy's accent is so good, because it's not even real. Yeah. It's just a mix of seven or eight different accents. My favorite bit, actually, when, when Jeff revealed that he also had fireworks, Matt just dropped the entire pretense of being broken. He was like, oh, shit. Yeah, he goes, oh, shit. <laughs> and th if th that moment felt very Jackass-esque to me, which the whole match was like a huge backyard wrestling stunt anyways. But Matt Hardy just going, oh, shit, and then running to the lake <laughs> to get the boat to shield the fireworks. Like, I saw people saying it's so bad, it's good, but it's not. It, it's just good. Yeah, like, I'm hard-pressed to rate it. Because obviously it's one of the best matches I've seen this year. That's not a debate. But, like, I don't want to give it five stars, but I feel like I should. I went four and a quarter. I know. I, I saw you. I, I respect you for putting stars to it. You know, not many people are putting stars to it, but or a rating to it. They're just like, oh, it was good. I'm just like, you know what? It's like my match of the year. Who cares? Yeah, Better than Nakamura Zane. There, there was a wrestling ring. There was a referee. There was a, yeah. a ring bell. That's a match. Yeah, there was a. Yeah. Like, would you rate a death match? Yes. Then you would rate this. Yeah. Simple as that. Oh, man. So good. So like, and then you have Destination X. Like, who would have thought we people would be talking about TNA in this great of light in the year 2016? Hey, they they spent a lot of this year laying the groundwork. Oh yeah, like all of their TV this year pretty much has been leading up to this moment, and now we are in a post-final deletion world. With what Eddie happens Edwards, next? With Eddie Edwards and Bobby Lashley coming next week? Yeah, and like Bobby Lashley possibly winning the X division title and what would be the craziest thing ever. I hope he's just trawling around flippy guys for the rest of his career. Oh my God. If I, I need Bobby Lashley versus Trevor Lee in my life. Cause like Lashley throwing around that, that belly to belly on Edwards was just a, a, a small tease of Bobby Lashley murdering the entire X division. Oh yeah. I, I'm pretty sure Bobby Lashley's just going to straight up fight the entire X division at one time. I, st I still badly want a Bobby Lashley Brock Lesnar match. It would be good. It would be good. Bobby Lashley's a better wrestler than Brock Lesnar he, currently. He actually is. Yeah, I mean that's not even up for debate. So he basically Don't. does what Lesnar tries to do without making it kind of monotonous. 
Yeah. See, the thing with because people last night were getting on to Lashley about his mic skills. I thought he's fine for the mic for somebody that's written as an ass kicker. I mean, you don't want an ass kicker coming up there and, you know, start ad libbing everything and just he just seems like a badass. Yeah. Like he goes up like he went up to Edwards last night and just goes like. It's like, you know what? We're going to do option Lashley. It's like, you're going to put that title on the line. Like, he didn't even give him the option. Like, Bob, like Lashley told him what Eddie Edwards was going to do, and it was great. Like, you're going to do it, and you're going to like it. Yeah, you're going to do it. You're, it's like, you're not going to cash that in. You're going to put it on the line, and I'm going to win that after I beat your ass. It's just so good. Lashley's great. Oh, yeah. Bobby Lashley is... I said this yesterday, but probably the best world champion. Well, definitely the best world champion on TV currently. Well, he's better than Dean Ambrose. Yeah, better better than Am- better than any world champion WWE has had this year. So Reigns, Triple H, you know, the whole lot of them. Rollins and Ambrose. And then I think he's better than Jay Lethal, <laughs> if we're being completely honest. Well, Jay Lethal is painfully stale. Yeah, J- yeah Jay Le- I mean, Jay Lethal will occasionally still bust out, like, the really good to great match. Like, he, you know, the Styles match and the Leo Rush match. But, I mean, Bobby Lashley is just, like, the pinnacle... Of world champ, like that's that's how Brock Lesnar should be if Brock Lesnar was on TV weekly and world champ. And we're building, I assume, toward EC3 and Lashley for Bound for Glory. I assume so. I, you know, I would be perfectly okay with that. I mean, I watched uh, Lashley Galloway from a uh, Slammiversary like last week. It was shockingly great. That and I, I mean, I love both of them, but it was way better than that match had any right to be. An interesting match too. Yeah, the the stipu- and then. Yeah, the stipulation was really interesting. And then Galloway just straight up swantoning himself through a table. As you do. Yeah, you know, just natural. And that's coming off an evolved double shot weekend. I've, uh, crazy. Drew Galloway is a crazy person. Oh, Drew Galloway. Uh, I don't think he gets near enough credit as he deserves. I mean, as far as traveling and getting, you know, putting miles on your soul, as they say, like Galloway has to be. One of the best at it. I know El uh, Laguero out there in Europe. He does like 4,000 shows a year. But, I mean, Galloway is going to Ireland, to the U.S., to, uh, you know. Germany. Every. Because, like, the week Galloway won the world title, he was doing, uh, WXW were doing their 16-car tournament. And he, he did, I think, the first show of that, flew to Scotland to do a show, flew back to Germany to do the night three of WXW, and then yeah. flew to Orlando to win the world title. Yeah, like, it's insane like the, all but, that i like, think was like a friday to a tuesday yeah it's it's literally insane what galloway puts himself through i couldn't imagine doing that but you know doing what he loves and uh, he's not he's not too bad at it so he's pretty good so yeah watch yeah. tna yeah I, I, everybody I, people if you're listening to this and for some unknown reason you do not follow garrett you need to follow garrett on twitter because he has been you know the champion of tna He's done. Garrett has done better press for TNA in the last two years than TNA has done for TNA. Garrett needs all the followers on Twitter. I'm blushing. Well, you, well, you should, because that was a compliment. It was. It was a nice compliment. <laughs> oh man, just like I like that's why I was telling because I was watching Final Deletion with my mom and younger brother last night, and I was just like, I'm like, I, there's this guy I know on Twitter, like. Like, this is, like, the pinnacle of this promotion that he's been following since, like, its inception. It's just insane. So, before we go, plugs? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, as always, at Tanner1495. And uh, that's about it. I'm uh, about to start 
going to more places more often, so you can look forward to me tweeting about random towns such as Atlanta, which so. is a, a place. Yeah, Atlanta is a place. Garrett knows he's been there. I think we've talked about Atlanta on this podcast before. <laughs> I think we've brought it up multiple times. <laughs> and you have your blog. Oh yeah, uh, you. Uh, I update that just whenever. Uh, that's uh, is it WordPress.BurningBanter or is it BurningBanter.WordPress? That's a good question, Tanner. Let's see what it is. Uh, WordPress. I would assume it's burning banter. I think it's burning banter. Yeah, it's burning banter. WordPress.com. Uh, that I have my top 100 wrestlers of 2016. Which, by the way, Matt Hardy was not in. Well, he's number one now. So the list is already invalidated, but. I I literally I opened that list and went looking for Matt Hardy the second I opened it. Control F Matt Hardy. I have my top 100 wrestlers of 2016 so far, and my top 100 matches of 2016 up on the blog, so you can follow that. I also uh, wrote a couple weeks back a piece on Chris Hero being the prize fighter of professional wrestling. You can give that a read. I assume also the final deletion is now your favorite match of the year. Oh, obviously the lists are invalidated at this point already. So, we, we should yeah. just shut pro wrestling down. I mean, if wrestling didn't happen, I told somebody this the other the other day. If wrestling got canceled for the next like five months for whatever reason, 2016, you know, way better than last year. Blows last year out of the water. I feel stupid calling last year a great year with 2016 being as great as it is. It's been a good year. You can listen to new episodes of podcasts today every single day at soundcloud.com forward slash TDSKK. New episode of the weekend show is out. We talked about something or other. The WWE draft. That's what we talked about. Oh man, gotta you gotta listen. Weekend show, most underrated podcast out there on the entire internet. Oh yeah, everybody on the internet, most underrated. You can subscribe to podcast today on iTunes. Just search the TWS Network in the iTunes podcast place. You can subscribe on YouTube or follow me on Twitter at Garrett G A or or E T T K I D N E Y. Thanks for listening and say goodbye, Tanner. Ciao. Bye bye. Uh, we we have to wait to do the podcast. The tornado sirens are going off outside because it's the first Wednesday of the month. Is is that a thing? Yeah. Should you go hiding? No, no. First Wednesday of the month. Can you hear it? I can hear it. <laughs> yeah. The first Wednesday of the month. There's one like right outside my house. The first Wednesday of the month, they test them just to make sure they're still working. So. What if there's a tornado the first Wednesday of the month? Well, then you better pray that they work in. Yeah, but like if if it goes off, you assume it's the test going off as opposed to. Well, I mean, an actual is, is there a people different... here watch the weather religiously? So do you have like a, a live weather ticker in your home? We have a a weather radio. There's like, do you really have a weather radio? Yeah, I, I, I all it is is like when there's potential weather threats close, it like goes off like an alarm. It goes like. Ah! And then you go press a button, and then it's like an automated voice that goes like, the National Weather Service has issued a severe thunderstorm warning for the following counties. And it would be like, Fayette, Tuscaloosa, which is where I'm from. And it would just name them all. And it's like, until 7.45 p.m. And it goes like, the National Weather Service has received reports of hail the size of quarters and shit like that. That is fantastic. <laughs> like, that, next time it goes off, I'll go, I'll like, shoot a video of it for twitter but it's it's a thing